Welcome to the Trucker's Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy K Fiends. We're back, man. Episode 144. Yep. All right, let's get right into it. Um, obviously this COVID shit has got everybody shook up. A lot of people are staying at home. Some people are turning into fucking hermits. You know, they wanted to stay in the house. Oh, I don't want to go outside. The, the virus is out there. <laughs> I'm going to order all my food online. I don't want to do this. Look here, man. Regardless of what they're telling you to do to stay inside and the distance and all of that, don't normalize that shit. Mm-hmm. Don't. Because what's going to happen is, is we, like we talked about on the last episode, there's going to be a whole new pandemic, and that's antisocial behavior. Mm-hmm. I'm bringing this up because for the fact that we need family right now. And I know that you know they're, they're frowning down on meeting up with family because you could spread the virus and blah, 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 blah. But last night, you know, I was chilling with the fam. Um, it's a Keith's family, but it's like my family. I've known them almost 20 years. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we had a big get together. There was a lot of family there. It felt good to hug people and, you know, and, and hug Keith's mom and, and the family. And we ate a lot of food and had some drinks and shit. It was a great time. Yeah. I was not thinking about COVID at all. Yeah. Nobody was thinking about COVID Nobody was wearing a mask and people people listening might be like, oh, my God, nobody was wearing a mask. That's just irresponsible. There was children there. My cousin was one of my cousins. Oh, yeah. One of them. Yeah. He's like one of the only people, you know, but she was. Oh, she. Oh, she. actually, two two of my cousins were. Yeah. 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 So it's like with me, man, I just I got in there. I took the fucking mask off and I said, look, regardless, I'm going to be eating. So if I'm eating, then the mask is going to be off anyways. Like I'm just exposed. I'm just exposed to it. Yeah. Fuck it. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just amazing time. Yeah. Um, I, I encourage I look, this may sound like bad advice, but I encourage you guys to just get with your family here and there. I'm not saying do it all the time, but you can't stay in the house. It's impossible. You cannot let this virus take over your life. Go on dates. Go get some pussy. Fucking hang, <laughs> hang with your family. Have some beers with friends, mm-hmm. you know, but when you're out amongst regular, ordinary people. Wear a mask then. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's just it's just nuts. Mm-hmm. I think... Uh, What's going on, Keith? Going on? <laughs> I was looking at this like this chart. I was looking at the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Okay. And um, it doesn't have what exactly what I was looking for. Uh-huh. But I know like the social dynamic right. is, is part of that. The needs of you know just being just being alive, whether right. you're an animal or whatever, but um, that yeah, I, th- I thought that was important, and I think that's like the first time, like we've had get-togethers here and there, but yeah, I think the first one we had it might have been back in uh, might have been like Easter or right somewhere back in July or something like that, and it, and. That that gathering wasn't as big. Mm-hmm. Some of the some of the extended family had stayed home and you know just celebrated with their immediate family. Um, but that was but that was like the perfect way to end a year. 100%. End the year. Um, you know, the everyone that could made it made it right. Uh, could make it made it right. And it was like like Eddie was saying, it was one of those things where like it was just like it was just good energy. 100%. And I think a lot of people kind of. You know, after we we learned more about the virus, um, I think a lot of people kind of let their shoulders down. There a you go. Bit. Yeah, and you know, and it's Christmas, man. Like that's historically, like at least for our family, it's a it's an event. Like right. we all come together. We have traditions as far as like giving out candy bags, and we we do a gift exchange and right. and all these kind of things. And 
um, it was it was just it was just a great way to end the end the year and in the year probably the most stressful the most like yeah uh, gut wrenching gear that we've had as far as you know celebrities passing away and you know different people that we know getting right. sick and people losing their jobs struggling to pay bills all Man. these kind of things and that was like the perfect way to end. In, in the year because yeah. at the end of the day all we got is our family that, exactly you know however many listens we got on this podcast like it don't even matter when you walk into that room 100 still like i'm still that little kid that was you know dancing at the functions and yeah. you know eddie's still the little you know guy that came in and it was desmond's best friend and right. like we're still those people so right. all that other however much money you make all that other stuff Doesn't it don't even anything. matter um, and and that, that's just a joy to be around. Like you, you come in on an even playing field, yeah. whether you're a friend of the family, whether you're like, you know, related through somebody else and you're not technically family, but you're related somehow. Yeah. Um, or you're, you know, biologically related. All of that don't even matter at the end of the day. Like that, that's one thing that I can appreciate about my family is that they treat everybody like they should be. Yes. There. So, um, and now it was it was just a beautiful thing and and um like I said it was just a perfect way to kind of cap off the year and you know it's just good energy to take into take into the new year and it was and it was motivating in a sense right. like um I always felt like you know coming from where we come from we we tend to like I think the great thing my mom never really taught me like financial literacy or um you know, how to invest in real estate or the stock market. Cause she, she never had that skill set. <clears throat> and to me that like, it's whatever, like there's some people that can teach you how to take care of a portfolio and all these things, but they don't teach you compassion and love and all 100%. these things. You know, there's probably a father out there that can give his son a business, but they don't even know how to communicate yeah. or like express how they feel about people. Don't even so, hug or nothing. Yeah, exactly. So Outside of like that, like my mom taught me all the skills to be like, uh, you know, a great human being. And I say all that to say, like, it, it was motivating in a sense to where it's like, yo, like this is like this love or this dynamic is so valuable for me. I'm like, yo, I want this to be greater next year. 100%. Like I want to be able to come in and be like, hey, like here's a vacation for you. Here's a, there you you go. Know, a gift card for you. Like my grandma, my grandma never really like felt the luxury of like living her life to the fullest because she was always taking care of kids and right. my mom the same way like she worked so much just to keep a roof over our head for me I'm like yo I and we're going to get into this later like as far as like uh our new year's resolutions and stuff 100 and this is like this idea from Max Maxwell he, uh, he always talks about your why like what's right. your why why are you doing it? and Eric, Eric Thomas the same um like I, I think I've I've always had my why, but I finally like it finally like set in stone. I'm like, yo, I want to take care of my, my mom and 100%. my grandma um, in a financial aspect because they're good as far as like, you know, everything else. But financially, yeah. I want to be able to like, yo, mom, you don't got to work like you don't got to yeah. wake up at 5 a.m. to go deal with these kids. Right. Or whatever. Like you can just chill. So I think the key word is decompress. I felt like uh, mm -hmm. it, you have to decompress sometimes. Yeah. And I think with this COVID shit has got everybody all stuck up and acting weird. I just came from the gym and this literally just happened. I was I was I was tired as fuck. I got through doing cardio and I sat down um next kind of near near this uh hand wiping um station. Yeah. And this girl was like, 
hey, uh, can I get by you to get that? And I was like, here, sure, go ahead. And she's like, we need to be keeping six foot. We need to be six foot away. And I'm like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Like, this is how people are acting. And I felt like, you know, I, I, I'm I'm cautious, but at the same time, I'm not so hung up on that. Yeah. And I feel like people need to decompress. Those same people that are just losing their mind in public and getting mad at you. And it's like, yo, spend some time around your family. Mm-hmm. Chances are you're going to get this shit. Yeah. So if you're going to get it anyways, be around people you care about at least. Yeah. Maybe you wouldn't be so fucking stuck up. But yeah. it was a great time, man. And what I love about Keith's family, uh, uh, going back to him stating, you know, uh, you know, they treat everyone like family. Back when I really went around his family for the first time, which is uh, Keith's older brother, Desmond, my best, best friend of 20 years. Um, they was like, all right, we're going to take a family photo. And I kind of stood off to the side and it was like, Eddie, come in here and get your ass in here. <laughs> right. Yeah. And like since then, we're talking about 2000, 2001 right in there. Since then, I've been family the whole time. I know I could pull up on Desmond's brother. I could pull up on his grandma. I could pull mm-hmm. up on his uncles. Mm-hmm. I could pull up on these people, and they're my family. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Your Uncle yeah. Richard and Kaylin and all of them. Yeah. Like, I love all of them. And I just think it was, I don't want to keep beating the same point over the head, but we're going through a trying time right now, and I really think that um, you do need your family. It's all you really got. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you want to sit in the fucking house all day and waste away to nothing to be afraid of this virus, you go right ahead. But you're going to you're going to find out down the road that it's doing more damage than helping you. Yeah. Go, going back to that point you made about like you stepping into a photo. So mm-hmm. I had a, uh, my mom got some pictures printed. We took that. We grew up at this. Um, well, they grew up and I grew up a little bit at this house in Visalia. Um, and it's I don't say the address, but basically you know, that's like where they live the best parts of their life at. Mm-hmm. And um, so we all went back and we did like a retro photo and like a lot of the brothers and sisters came down and took a picture over there. And um, my aunt had, she was, uh, she had uh, foster kids at the oh, time yeah, and yeah. then they stepped in, they stepped in the photo. And uh, <laughs> it was funny because my mom asked me to crop, crop the girl out. And um, because she's no longer with, with my aunt, but it's funny like that, like, they that's how they embrace people. But wow. as soon as you you know long no longer with the family, you just get diddy cropped. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. Hey, or they just put like a smiley face over it. <laughs> yeah. Oh dang, that would be crazy. Yeah. You're like, hey, what's that girl's name that was in there with the smiley face? Yeah. What's that? What's her name? Yeah. Oh, okay, Jessica. That's right. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's cool though. I think like, you know, I, I it's it's crazy because like like I going back to that, um, there's like different worlds. Like I always felt like the I always had a a um what you call it, a critique of our family a little bit. And it and now that I'm getting a little bit older, like you so you go through this phase, right? You when you're a kid, you love holidays. You get to hang out with your uncles and your cousins and you eat eat good food and stuff like that. And then I started to get a little bit older and I'm like, yo, like why like critiquing it as in like 
you know, me being becoming more financially literate and going to school and stuff like that. I'm like, yo, why are we spending so much money on these holidays? And, you know, we could be using this to invest in property and all, and all this kind of stuff. And then now I'm starting to figure out like that stuff don't matter. Right. Like what matters is like seeing my grandma genuinely happy. hundred like, percent. And she got, she got a basic gift. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like seeing her just being able to appreciate like the candy that she loved. Right, you know what I mean? Right. So that's the type of stuff that, that really um, that you can hold on to at the end of the day, because, you know, buying property or like investing as a family, like not everybody is on that. A lot of people just want to live a comfortable life. Right. And they just want to, you know, they just going to move on. But I say I would say like it really opened up for me this year. It's like mm-hmm. not not that's not for everybody. Right. Some people just want to work a regular job and be able to have a family and support their family. And, and, and that's pretty much it. And there's nothing wrong with that. No, nah, not at all. Yeah, they just they want the simple things in life. Mm-hmm. I think that that you know things such as family outweigh all that extra shit. Yeah. that we, we we label it as important, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's not. Yeah, you know, because if you're working, you're working all these hours to provide, and you find out something's up with your kid or your uncle or your aunt, you're gonna stop working immediately and go see what's wrong with your family. Mm-hmm. Right. You 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 never want to get too caught up prioritizing. I'm not going to say the wrong things, but prior, prioritizing things that don't have the same value as your family. Yeah. Because it's just I will I will drop what I'm doing. If I found out something was going on with my family and I'm out at work, I'm going to turn that truck right the fuck around and go right back home. Mm-hmm. I do not give a fuck. I don't care who's mad. I don't care who, if somebody's inconvenienced by me coming back. I'm not asking questions. I'm coming right back home. Yeah. So yeah, man. Make sure you 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 continue to love your family. Get around your family, man. And mm-hmm. um and that's all I've got on that. I don't yeah. want to keep beating it beating it over the head. Yeah, and we we got it early because we do ours before Christmas. But hopefully everybody out there, the listeners out there. And one thing I will say on top of that is. If there's some disagreement or some fallout or whatever that you have with anybody, I hope that you use this holiday, especially in 2020, as an opportunity to uh, to re reunite with whomever you have some sort of riff with. Because because life life is too short. You know, we got the coronavirus going around and. It's just there's been many horrendous accidents, 100%. you know, by so like we said, celebrities, guys like Kobe Bryant, who knew that he would he would pass away. So take this as you're listening prior to Christmas on Christmas, whatever the case may be, as an opportunity to just apologize or talk to whomever, because if you were good at one point, you can always get back there. A hundred percent. You definitely can. And it's not just that life is too short. Life is undetermined. Yeah. We don't, people say you're not promised tomorrow. You're not promised the rest of today. Yeah. Somebody could die from a stroke. Yeah, you don't so even got to lead a crib. You could die from all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Like it's that's just how death works. Right. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I think it's important for people to know how you feel and whatnot. Yeah. Because, you know, we're living on borrowed time. Yeah. And as I've gotten older, the unfortunate thing about getting older is more people are going to go for, around you. Yeah. So, yeah, that's definitely something to uh, keep in mind, folks. Yeah. All right. Uh, switching gears. Uh, pretending is in progress. Right. Pretending is not progress. Um, you see a lot of people that will repost and post these motivational 
um, these motivational quotes and they'll post these videos of Eric Thomas and Les Brown and Gary Vaynerchuk and they're, and David Goggins and they're sharing all these videos and they're sharing all these quotes, but they're not applying none of that shit. Yeah. There's, we live in a world or a society full of people who are average at best. And I'm not trying to judge people. I'm just being real because I'm speaking from experience. I mean, the word average is the definition of it is what it is for a reason. A hundred percent. Meaning like middle of the pack. Middle you know? of the pack. Yeah. A lot of average people that post all these memes or sometimes not even average, but people are just mediocre mm-hmm. and and below that. Yeah. And they don't apply this shit and you'll never get by pretending. And I'm speaking from experience because I was like that at one time. I was a guy that would post some shit by Eric Thomas and people would be like, wow, I'm so motivated by this. And then I'd be thinking to myself, like, after you post it, like, yo, look at my life. I'm not where I want to be. Yeah. Why do I have the nerve to post something like this? Mm-hmm. And I'm not even fucking, I'm not even on that level. Yeah. I'm not doing the best in my life. Right. And there's, it's a social media is full of these people where they admire these people who are doing great things, but you don't even do great things. Yeah. It's okay to, you know, look at Eric Thomas or Gary Vaynerchuk or these other motivational speakers and you love looking at them because you admire it. But what's the point of subscribing to this when you don't take shit from it? Yeah. You don't take shit from it. You go right back to that same mediocre shit you was doing after watching this motivational video. Right. Let's, and I'm not trying to down anybody because everyone needs a job. Right. Mm-hmm. But let's say you've been working at Taco Bell for seven years. You don't make shit. And you watch Eric Thomas videos every morning. What's mm-hmm. the point of watching Eric Thomas when you're going to go right back to making tacos? What is the fucking point? Yeah, that's true. I think um, the reason why apps and social media and the Internet is so successful is because it's full of consumers. Exactly. It's full of buyers. You know what I mean? So all these people are not literally buying, but they're buying content. Exactly. You know, they're sitting on Instagram scrolling through all day. Right. They're on YouTube or whatever, just watching mindless content and then sometimes content that's not mindless but they're looking at it as entertainment it's yes. not it's not education for them right um because they'll share it and they don't apply it and that's how you know it's just entertainment for them but it's uh it's one of those things like i feel like for me i was i was like you said like you were that person i was also that person to a certain extent yeah. like i love to hear these these people talk about like business and mm-hmm. you know just doing successful people and all these and all these things, but I wasn't necessarily applying it to myself. Right. Like it was it was just like a cool video to to look at and like it was popular at the time. It was right. all over. Like the Eric Thomas video was all over. You know, if you want to breathe or what do you say? Like he said, if you want to be successful more than you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. Yeah, yeah. All these story behind it, and you're like, yo, this is wild. Like you know, the man sent him to the water and dunked his head under the water and all this kind of stuff. And you you taking that and then you just sit on it. Yeah, you're not even applying it. But also, you don't even have anything to apply it to. Right, exactly. You don't even have an you have an idea, but it's far fetched. Like you don't even know if you can actually attain that goal, bruh. Yeah. So for me, I I I had a I don't know when it was. Probably when I went to left for school the first time when I went to Iowa State. At a switch, I was like, yo, like the the key to success is obviously like 
education and not education in the sense of formal education, but just learning. Right. And then also um, working diligently at whatever the, whatever it is. Because when I was in junior college, I was just like, I was lollygagging and not doing my work and all these kind of things. But once I touched down to Iowa State, it was just a whole different mindset. I'm like, yo, I'm going to be in here. I was more confident because it's just a fret. It's just a new slate. Right. You ain't got to worry about like, you know, you know, going to lunch with your friends and missing class and all these kind of things. So all that stuff probably in retrospect kind of kind of molded me to take advantage of that opportunity that I had at Iowa State. Right. And then from there, I just like I just hit the ground running. And yeah. it takes it takes time because you, you have you got fallbacks and stuff like that. And maybe you need to rewatch these videos yeah. to kind of um, you got to be in it you. for you to really understand it. Yeah. 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 yeah you got to yeah. be in it. I don't mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the fuck you're doing. You could be trying to be the best uh, skier of all time or the best skateboarder or the best businessman, but yeah. you won't be able to really apply what you listen to. And that light bulb is not going to go off until you get the balls to really push yourself forward. Mm-hmm. If you continue to be mediocre and use this shit as entertainment, you're not going to be shit. I'm not trying to be fucked up and being honest because I'm speaking from example. I mean, mm-hmm. from from experience, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, when I, like right when I was 30, actually, right when I got my CDL and uh, I just made a decision to quit my job and just go into trucking. I didn't put in a two week. I put in a two week notice, but I left before that and I went out and did it. And I didn't really start really subscribing and really like the light bulb didn't go off with these videos until I was in it. Like when I was in it and I didn't have a plan B, then I understood what this shit meant. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, When you are in a position where it's sink or swim and it's like, yo, if this trucking shit don't work out, then I'm not going to have a job. I won't be able to pay my fucking bills if I don't go balls to the wall to figure out my life right mm-hmm. i seen this guy that had like a walmart vest on and he shared that fucking eric thomas quote and i'm like dude you have no fucking idea what it's like he said something he had a walmart vest on and he said when you want to be successful more than you, you want to breathe then you'll be successful yeah well first of all if you want to be successful leave walmart yeah sorry i'm not mm-hmm. trying to be a dick mm-hmm. i'm just being honest yeah i've never seen somebody be successful working at walmart you're working for a successful business that's getting money off of you but what the fuck are you doing from that place nothing mm-hmm. get out of there mm-hmm. right do something that's going to empower you and by the way even if it's not something directly use it as a stepping stone to get you where you want to go i've gotten to a point where i'm using trucking as a stepping stone to do what i want to do which is podcasting yeah right and we'll go deeper into that but more or less, you'll see this journey. I'm not going to be sitting here telling you everything that me and Keith have planned. Yeah. But I, we definitely have something planned. Yeah. I, th- I think the, the best thing you can do if if you are in that position, working at Walmart or mm-hmm. working in fast food, Taco Bell, you got to leverage that. I don't think any of those people wake up like, yo, I would love to be uh, the, the um, cashier at Taco Bell. I right. don't think any of those people wake up with that mindset. But- if you are in that situation, because I worked in fast food, mm-hmm. I worked many a jobs that I didn't actually care for. Hundred percent. But I always use those as leverage. I and I always knew I knew every single time that I clocked in, I am better than this. Yes, there you go. And nothing ever swayed me to to make me. I I knew some of those employees that I work with 
they were a lot older than me. They may be like 10, 15 years older than me. And they, they already gave I, up. Yeah. I was like, dang, they stuck. Mm-hmm. And it sucks because they have a skill set there. They're literally running this restaurant. Right. The owner is a person with the money, but the people, the general manager that's 40 years old or 45 or whatever, they never get no vacation and they're working on salary. They are running this ship. Yeah. They could own their own burger joint. A hundred percent. But they're stuck in a rat race. Mm-hmm. But me, I, that that never wavered. Every mm-hmm. time I was cleaning the toilet, every time I was changing the oil or fixing the ice cream machine or whatever the case may be, I always knew that I was above this and I should be owning this place. Right. And that McDonald's ice cream machine is always broken. That mug is always broken. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll tell you what, life is constantly trying to teach you a lesson. And there's people that are around you that are living examples of what you don't want to be. You got you got uncles, you got family, you got coworkers, you got all these people that are basically telling you like this is what your life's gonna be like if you don't fucking change. <clears throat> like he just talked about um, working with different people that were older than him at at these at these places. And when you clock in, you basically saying, "Look, this ain't gonna be me. Yeah, this ain't gonna be me. I'm not gonna be 45 getting mad at you know the manager because he worked me too many hours or me begging him for hours for me to make more money. Fuck that. Yeah. Don't yeah. don't ever let that be you. Another thing too is don't ever take a step back. Before you get to that point, I want to mm-hmm. say that was this kid. Don't forget your point. There you go. That was this kid um, that worked at the. I mean, I went to the junior high that I used to work at. And he was probably the smartest kid in the school, little black kid. And he was like, um, he just loved Starbucks so much. He was like, yo, I want to be a store manager at Starbucks. He's like, yeah, they, they make, they can make like a hundred thousand dollars a year. And they, they, you know, they do pretty good for themselves. But I was like, no, that's trash. Mm-hmm. Like you either own it or not mm-hmm. at all. You, you are too intelligent to be right. an employee at Starbucks unless you're trying to pay your way through college. Right. So that's the kind of conversations that I try to. Like I try to put that into people because you what you withering away at Starbucks right. and they're going to take advantage of you. You know, yeah, you're going to be the smartest person there and you're going to run the store and they're going to you're going to make them a lot of money. But in reality, you should be you should have created your own Starbucks yeah. or, you know, you just 100%. got so much potential. So, you know, anybody out there, you, you got so much potential. So don't limit yourself into working at Walmart. hundred percent. Do you want me to tell you what what is the, the main motivator for you to really aim as high as you can? And I've said this a million times. You're going to fucking die. Mm-hmm. OK, you're going to die and you're going to die being mediocre. Or you're going to go down swinging. Yeah. Make a fucking choice. Okay. I'm going out like Ray Kroc. I'm going out socket motherfuckers in the jaw. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to go down working for somebody either. Yeah. If, 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 if it's under my power, I'm not going to go down making somebody more money than I make myself. Mm-hmm. That's my objective is yeah. to get out of that. And there's no, no slight to any job I've ever worked or where I work now or anything. But the fact that I go to a job and I work, I make a decent living, but I know that, you know, where, who I'm working for or wherever I work is making way more money than I make. Mm-hmm. And it's no slight to them because I'm. it's it's what you want to aim to be. But you're never going to get there putting yourself under the thumb of someone else. Yeah. Bottom line, right? Mm-hmm. So to reel it back in, you never want to get caught up in seeing the success of others and being entertained by it while not doing shit for yourself. Once again, you're going to die you're going to die being the motherfucker that's watching everybody else win while not winning. Make a choice. I will say, too, like the I haven't had a job since um, the quarantine started. 
and even then I was a contract, I was a contracted worker. Um, but you're still pretty much an employee. They just pay you differently. Right. Um, but ever since probably March, you know, when they shut everything down and I'm not going to say the amount, but I made more money working for myself from March to December than I ever had working any job. See what I'm saying? So that should be the motivation for all you people that got an idea. You want to sell lotion. You want to sell freaking freaking uh, earrings, you know, dildos <laughs> with beads on them or <laughs> anal beads, whatever you want to do. <laughs> Analbeads.com. <laughs> Bigblackdildos.com. <laughs> oh man oh yeah, yeah. but it, whatever you want to do crystal dildos for all you uh earthy people out there crystal, sage dildos crystal dildos for all you crystal meth users oh <laughs> uh, yeah but no if you got an idea man like Make that your part-time job initially and then find a way. And whether sometimes you got to jump out before you're ready. And I think mm-hmm. that's what happened with me. Like whether we bought this this office space or, you know, whether I stopped clocking in. All these things, like, they didn't happen under my own terms. It kind of just... It just happened. It, yeah, it was almost forced on me. Mm-hmm. And that little bit of pressure that you get from the, the unknown is going to drive you there to make you go. some stuff happen. You know, so if you, if anybody, if you got four or five months of rent saved up and you feel like, man, I, I really want to do this. or I really want to start this business. But I, I don't know if you can't get whatever done in four or five months, then it wasn't meant for you. It wasn't meant for you. You yeah. just had to get another job. But that that taking a calculated risk is important mm-hmm. because on the other side of the unknown is a fucking reward. Yeah, it's a reward, man. I remember before I started trucking, man, it was times I was just super broke. Yeah, I didn't have enough money to, you know, pay for gas sometimes. You know, food would get low. You know, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be getting the hours I needed and things of that nature. And then after I started trucking, I was making more money. I was able to take care of myself as I still am now. And I I look at my situation uh, now and, I, you know, just little things looking at my pantry, you know, and I always got food and I always got money and things of that nature. And I'm just blessed for the small things, but I would have never had these conveniences had I not taken a fucking risk. Yeah. Take the risk. If 2020 has taught you anything, you should just take a risk. We just talked about being around family, right? This is totally unrelated, Mm -hmm. but that was a risk. Mm -hmm. The reward was having that, you know, that, that, uh, that, uh, that, that connection and, and being able to decompress we're going to remember that forever. You're going to remember, remember that? that Christmas during uh, COVID? COVID? Yeah. yeah. We had a great time. A COVID Christmas. Because on the end of a risk is a reward. Like, I don't give a fuck about getting COVID if I'm doing a podcast with Keith. I don't give a fuck about COVID if I'm able to be around my family and people that I love. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, I don't give a fuck about taking a risk. Right. The risk doesn't bother me because. I don't want to go back to the same old shit I was doing. Yeah. That same old job you've been working forever. That's not benefiting you. You got an asshole supervisor that's looking for any reason to write you up. You got people snitching on you at work. You got all this shit going on and you continue to not change it. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you right now as a product of that, change it, please. Yeah. For yourself, for your mental health and for your life, 
change this shit and change it right now. Yeah. I, I would say too, like if, how would you feel? Cause we all know how lethal the media makes COVID and not right. to, not to undermine it, but to, right. you know, there are statistics that show most people do recover. 99%. But, um, how would you feel if you were that 1%? Oh, I feel and you had a bunch of ideas that you you weren't able to take advantage of. And not I'm not talking about accomplishments. That's mm-hmm. a, that's a little bit out of our hands. Mm-hmm. You know, where where we're going or where we want to be is a result of the things that we we can only um account for the work that we put in. We can only right. account for us showing up on every Sunday night and recording mm-hmm. this podcast. But where we end up, that's not really in our hands. Right. So what I'll say is like if you pat, if you happen to catch the coronavirus mm-hmm. and you were just sitting in the house mm-hmm. and you oh, were like right. scared to do, scared to take on that job or right. scared to meet with your family or whatever the case like may Skyping be. Skyping everybody and shit. Yeah. And you caught it like you would feel more miserable right. than if you were actively, you know, trying to be that fitness uh, guru or right. you know, trying to be that social media or filmmaker you know, podcast, whatever the case may be, you would feel much better knowing and you're sitting on your deathbed like I exhausted everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna tell you why I wouldn't feel bad if I died, right? I, I wouldn't feel bad if I died because I'm gonna live forever. We got 144 episodes. If I died 146, right, you're gonna hear my voice on SoundCloud for the rest of your life. Yeah. So I've got something to be proud of, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, that's one thing. Um, Another thing is, too, is I'm not going to feel bad if I got COVID, if I was doing everything that I wanted to do, if I'm going around family that I love, if I'm fucking going to the studio with Keith to do the podcast, Mm -hmm. I would feel horrible if I get COVID because I'm chasing pussy at a bar. Right. And I'm not uh, trying to chase anything worth substance in my life. Mm -hmm. Like at at, at this time in my life, everything is substance, substance, substance. That's Mm -hmm. what I want. Mm -hmm. I want value, value, value. Besides, you know, getting some pussy here and there, that's cool. You gotta but, get some pussy. Yeah, you got to get that. But yeah. um, <laughs> you want a woman? Substance. Mm-hmm. You want to make money doing something of substance. You want to be a man of value and have substance. Yeah. Right? So as long as you have that, then it's okay. Mm-hmm. I would not feel bad being the 1% knowing that I was doing what the fuck I really wanted to do with my life. Yeah. But yeah, the person that's sitting at home and they're getting everything off Uber Eats, you know, mm-hmm. here's the thing. I don't want to really drift off too far, but people are absolutely frightened of COVID, right? But you see these same people that in and out every other day. So you're not afraid of obesity, but you're afraid of the fucking COVID. Like, yeah, you're not afraid of colon cancer, but yeah, you're afraid. Of you're not COVID. afraid of eating a Popeye's chicken sandwich four times in one fucking week, but you're afraid of COVID. Yeah. Come on, folks. Let I, I mean, we talked about this selective morality. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. You know, or being selective of what you're scared about. So even just, though those some of those things, colon cancer, prostate, that, all these different that cancers that worth. you can is worth, is more lethal. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, I'm so fucking afraid of COVID. I need another cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> god damn. Yeah, smoking a cigarette. Then right after that, you drink a a, a couple Pepsi's, and it's like. Then you have naked dick sex. Yeah, then you gonna have unprotected sex. <laughs> Some motherfucker you just met from Club Bricks. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Club Bricks, man. <laughs> I ain't been to that place in years. I'm uh, the only time I ever stepped in there was to shoot a video. Yeah, there yeah. ain't nothing in Club Bricks but uh, infected pussy. So I'm yeah. cool in there. Yeah, yeah. They they they, they found that when they did uh, Dr. Fauci did 
the origin of the coronavirus and it started at Club Bricks. <laughs> <laughs> God damn. People, I don't know if they're going now, but people, they were still going. Yeah. They just had it outside. Yes. I'm like, no, but the, the club that. was open for a little while in the middle of the fucking COVID outbreak. Mm-hmm. And people was in the club and they got infected while it was in there. I'm just Stupid. like, but yeah. it shows you so many people don't have a purpose in life that they have to be. It's these extroverted people that don't have a purpose that constantly have to be out because they don't have anything of substance to do. Yeah. Right. When I'm out, I'm usually doing something important. Just being honest. Yeah. Yeah. If I catch the if I catch the coronavirus, it's going to be somewhere where I'm more than happy to have caught it. Right. You know, 100 so. percent, man. Um, but yeah, um, we kind of drifted off there. Yeah. Um, just remember that pretending is not progress. Yeah. If you want to be the person that you, if you want to be the person you really want to be, that takes work. It doesn't take you just posting these me, these quotes and you want to look like you're important while not actually being a person of importance. Make sure you do the work because the most fulfilling thing is knowing that you don't have to lie. Right. Yeah. You're walking in your truth. That is the most um, powerful thing. I I think to kind of go back to that point, Mm -hmm. I think now when I see Gary V, E.T., these people are more um, these are more affirmations and motivations. There you go. When I see something, I'd be like, dog, I was I was actually thinking, thinking about that. that today. I just yeah. never had put it in note that type of yeah. words. Yeah. yeah. Or when, when people talk about their why, when like you said, when you want to succeed as much as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. Yeah. When he talked about Stan, uh, the Beyonce story where she forgot she hadn't ate in, in like 24 hours because she yeah. was just grinding, working on a music video or something like all these stories. I'd be like, yo, that's crazy because I was actually doing that or I was thinking about that or I was, you know, feeling the same way. And I don't ever cut it on to be like, yo, man, I need a, I need something. I need to pick me up today. Nah, nah, not at all. Like I'm already doing it, but I, mm-hmm. when I see it or when I come across it and as much as I got love for these guys, I don't watch them mu- as much anymore me because either. I'm actively working. A hundred percent. Like I it, it served its purpose. Yeah. You know what I mean? I listened to it. I took it all in. I could like, we're literally talking about certain things. There you go. They, you know, I could recall Gary V dropping talking about dropping songs every week or being consistent with content or keep posting on instagram uh et talk like you said talking about wanting to succeed as much as you want to breathe or him talking about beyonce i know all these things because i watched all these videos but now i am a product of that there you go yeah exactly i think um what's powerful about it too is is when you're a product of it you could get away with saying certain things because you're actually doing the work yeah. Like I've said on this podcast a few times, like I know I'm going to be a millionaire, mm-hmm. not because I have this really fucked up, twisted idea and I'm narcissistic, but I say that only because of what I want to do. I want to be a millionaire, not to be the guy that's showing off on social media. I want to be a millionaire so I could help all the people that helped me when I was flat fucking broke. Yeah. When I didn't have no food. You know, when your mom let me stay at her house before, when my yeah. aunt let me stay at her house before, when things of that nature and I could say these things and not feel weird about it because I'm doing the work. Yeah. It's a lot different when you're in it doing the work. So you can't tell me, you can't tell me, oh, Eddie, you're just delusional. Okay, motherfucker, are you doing the work that I'm doing? If you're not, then go ahead and sit down somewhere. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't want to beat this over the head. Mm. Well, just one final point. Mm-hmm. 
And for all of the people out there that think they may not be talented enough or, right. oh, this, you know, they, if you want to be an Instagram or, or social media personality and you're like, man, this dude is much funnier than me. I don't know how I could do it. All, your talent level is, is the bare minimum. A hundred percent. If you can speak, you probably good enough to, to be successful. Find your thing. Yeah, exactly. So what I'm saying is don't look at other people you know, no matter what they're doing, don't even look at us and be like, man, they, they speak very well. Like, I don't know if I can do a podcast. Yeah. If you put the work in, you're going to be able to get to wherever you want to be. Fuck us. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, not literally. <laughs> fuck, fuck us. What we're talking about. Yeah. We're, we're good at what we do because it's our thing. Yeah. There are a million podcasts that have their own thing also. But there's something that you do that's way better than me and Keith. That probably has nothing to do with podcasts that can get you where you want to go. But you're too focused on other people's shit. Or the subject matter. You yeah. May, you may love comic books. There you, you go. top it up about comic books. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's another one. That could mm-hmm. be a whole podcast. Mm-hmm. If you're a super, if you're very, very, um, well, you're very versed mm-hmm. in all the comic book world and DC and Marvel and all the different worlds mm-hmm. that exist within that. And you got a buddy and y'all know the ins and outs of every comic book and you have a podcast about it. How many other people can can de- like debunk what you're talking about when it's facts and when you you put it out in a comedic or serious way? Mm-hmm. Like just find your thing and just go go for it. Yeah. And if you need any any added motivation, like I've said a million times, you're going to fucking die. Yeah. We're all going to go. Just make sure you go trying your best. Facts. All right. Uh. Switching gears. Uh, do women use their biological clock as an excuse for their decision making? Mm. All right. This this is going to sound bad. Like, oh, my God, here go men talking about women's decisions. Oh, my God. I'm turning his podcast off now. And they're going to keep listening. Um, yeah. here's, the, <laughs> here's the deal, man. Um, women get in situations, I've noticed, especially as they get a little older, because they're trying to have this world. This fiction, it's like a fictional world that a lot of women create in their mind. Like, by the time I'm 30, I want to be engaged and I want to have a kids and a house and I want a husband that makes this much money and he has to be six foot tall. Blow all that shit up. Mm-hmm. Blow it all up. For one, you may never get married. That doesn't make you less of a woman. You yeah. should never settle for any, just any man. Yeah. Secondly, right? Your life is going to be a lot different than everyone else if you allow it to be. Mm-hmm. The problem with women is they want the same life as everyone else. Stop doing that shit. That's that comparison. It's that comparison. You, you look at Will Smith and Jadis Pinkett or these other celebrities that are around your age and be like, oh, my God, that's relationship goals. Fuck them. Mm-hmm. This, your life is about you. Yeah. Right. You're using your biological clock. I need to have a kid by this time. These men need to start acting right because I need to have a kid by this date. Fuck that. Mm-hmm. Are you serious? That is a terrible excuse to have a kid. Yeah. You're going to end up somebody's baby mama. You do that shit. Yeah. You're going to find a motherfucker. You're going to settle for him. He's going to get you pregnant. He'll give you your baby, but he's going to be out the fucking door. Right. Yeah. If you allowed your life to come together as it should and let it be organic, then you're going to have the life eventually that you wanted. But you just got to wait, man. Yeah. I think the I I for me, um I understand the the anxiousness of 
trying to figure out your life, not necessarily the biological clock aspect, but just the anxiousness of wanting to be successful on my own terms. 100%. You know, wanting to be six, have six figures by the time I'm 23 or, you know, all these different goals you have for yourself. Yeah. And it, it doesn't always materialize uh, Mm -hmm. like how you want it to. But I think, you know, early on when um, I graduated college at 26. So when, when I was um, in school or when I was graduating school, a lot of my classmates that I graduated high school with were already starting their careers. Some of them were teachers and some of them were doing other things and I'm barely walking across the stage. Right. But what I realized is like, after I walked across the stage, we're all on an even playing field. hundred percent. I may have started a little bit late. And yeah. this is something that E.T. said, going back to, you know, me actually listening to these things and applying it. He talked about there's they, there's no GPA on your diploma. There you go. It doesn't say your age on your diploma. It doesn't yeah. say any of those things. There's no time limit. Yeah, exactly. So um, I learned that I learned that from from my own personal uh, struggles, you know, about, you know, almost being behind or being insecure about being in college so so old but not even old not even old yeah i'm 25 in college like that's okay yeah um but i feel like a lot of women need to to come to that realization as well right is that you know whether you know the biological clock oh you can you know you're more likely to have a child at this age and you know as you get older your eggs are not as healthy whatever the case may be yeah, all that eggs, is foster farms and statistics all that. <laughs> statistics are what you make them right right um but for me knowing that where we're trying to go it's like jay-z has this, the 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 line like domino domino the higher up i go some some i forgot but basically saying like there's less black people that are um as successful as him at the higher and higher heights he reaches mm. um same with like success of the podcast where we're trying to go like we're in rare air 100%. you know we're we're in spaces that a lot of people we are not even super successful right but people don't even reach these heights there you so, go so to take that back to uh these these women and their biological clocks of course most women probably have children when they're younger but mm-hmm. there is at least one example of a woman that had a child at 35 years old. Uh-huh. So if one person can do it, then you can do it as well. So it's nothing to wait to to pass all the nonsense of these niggas that just want to stick dick in you and move right. on with their life. Right. All these dudes that are no good and never going to materialize into nothing. Right. It's okay to wait till you're 35 to you know to find a guy that got their head on straight and you, you know go. got a career and is on the same wavelength as you. It's okay to wait till you're 35 and then try to start a family. There's yeah. nothing There's nothing wrong with that. Because what you'll notice is, is if you actually were patient, you'll notice how many people tried to do the same thing because they fell into this idea. They had this narrative in their mind and it didn't work out. They're divorced now. They got two, three kids by a dude. And then you found somebody you really love and now you're 36, 35. And that shit is real. Yeah. And, y- and y- y'all got an unbreakable bond. Because you actually allowed it to happen. Yeah. I've heard some nonsense. There was a, uh, I forgot, I think LeVar Ball said, he said, if a woman is 30 and single, something wrong with her. Stop paying attention to that shit. That's just LeVar, dumb. Yeah, I would never listen to anything. Yeah, but I, I hear this nonsense that happens that they, they say, like, if a woman is single and she's 30, something wrong with her. Mm-hmm. Like, how? Who came to this determination? Yeah. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, too, like, I think 
the more successful a woman becomes, the smaller the dating pool becomes mm-hmm. because she's in a position now where um, it's a lot of dudes. It's just a lot of people in general that are not on that level. Yeah. Right. So a lot of the cats that you might entertain or might want to be around, they just good enough to give you dick. Mm-hmm. They're not really good enough to be a partner. Mm-hmm. So with that alone, knowing that you, you're working off that small percentage you need to fucking slow down. Mm-hmm. You got to really start looking at these motherfuckers like, hey, like, what what can, what can, am I going to get from this besides pregnant and yeah. fucking left? Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it sucks. It's, it's successful women that got baby's daddies and they just totally get... I know some women that got a baby's dad and they don't want nothing from this motherfucker. They don't want child support, nothing. They just stay away from us. Mm-hmm. And they're raising a the kid on their own. Mm-hmm. But it's not it's not to be like a single mother is any less than anybody else. But it's like you deserve a solid guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And based on the fact that you was moving too quick and you just was like, I'm 30, I'm 33, I'm this, I'm that. And it, it led you to go into a, a this. You made a decision that was kind of uh, what's the, the diction I'm looking for. It was a little rushed. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's a little bit fucking rushed. Mm hmm. And this happens a lot with women. This is a common theme. Yeah. It's a very common theme. Yeah, yeah. I think, man, it's just, like we said, it's it's okay to be. Because what what you start to realize, I feel like when you're on a journey to, to... be uh to when you're progressive right? 100%. When, you're, when, when you're a person that maybe you want to start a business or maybe you mm-hmm. want to get your your phd or whatever the case may be i feel like when you're really on this journey you realize the you you get um these affirmations or you get these lessons of patience along the way 100 percent. very rarely does anybody that is on a journey of success do they get it in like the minimum amount, amount of time there you go you know, it's, it's gonna take you know you start two years and then you take a year off or you know you, you do this for a minute and then you know you get some happens you got to get a job and all, all right. these all these things happen but if you have that that steadfast idea that I want to be successful right. you know it's it's going to happen either way mm-hmm. but i i feel like a lot of times like we don't take those lessons from other aspects of our life and then apply them to our relationships exactly so for me i'm never in a rush you know what mm-hmm. I mean? if i get married at 40 years old and i don't have a kid till 40 then I'm just be like, that's how it was supposed to be. And I'm going to be equally as happy if I'm holding my child in my hands at 40 years old than I would be, at, you know, I was, I was like 20 something. Yeah. Unless your arms get tired from being 40 and you drop the baby. out of That got dark very fast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. I got too old. <laughs> you got that old black man's voice. Oh, shucks. I got a kid. <laughs> yeah, man. I feel like also like, you're only as old as you want to be. True. Like, I feel like whether you 35 or 28, um, I don't feel like I'm about to be 30. I feel like I'm 100%. on this journey and I'm 100%. just trying to be successful. I, like the, my age, it doesn't it only comes up in conversations when somebody asks you or when you see your younger siblings getting older, you, you know, you have family function. Mm-hmm. You're like, dang, you was just like this tall ass here. Now you weigh, you have mm-hmm. my shoulders or whatever. That's the only time it ever comes up. But in terms of just being success, being successful, all that don't even matter. There's many True. people that, and you know, we're trying to correlate this to um, women's uh, biological clocks, but as mm-hmm. many people that have been older in age, just uh, 
people like Holly Berry. I mm-hmm. forget when she had her child, but she was a little bit older in age. And yeah. it's just like, it's so many examples of people that have done it. Yeah. I'm going to tell you something, too. Everything, I compare the best things in life to wine. Yeah. You know, as wine gets older and older, it's it's it uh, appreciates in value, right? The oldest bottles of wine cost the most money. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping I'm using a pretty good analogy. Mm-hmm. Um so in regards to this podcast, we've done a podcast every week for almost 3 years, mm-hmm. right? And the thing about it is is we don't expect to become famous overnight. And what we enjoy the most is that once we reach the apex of success, we've done so much work and it I don't care if it takes 5 years. It's going to be so fucking sweet when we reach that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because we we remain steadfast in our journey. We knew something was going to materialize from it, and we just took our time. Patience. What they what they say? Patience is a virtue. Mm-hmm. Just be patient, man. Yeah. Just be patient. It's like I'm so gratifying too. It's very gratifying. Mm-hmm. It's very gratifying. You know, because at the end of the day. When you, it's like when you get something too by that point, by that time, you like, I deserve it. Mm-hmm. It's not, you're not shocked. If you get shit fast, you're like, oh, I can't believe it happened to me. Oh, oh, oh. But me, if you're doing the work over many, many years and you get what you actually worked for, it's like, okay, I deserve that. Yeah. Feels amazing, but I deserve that. Yeah. Imagine a woman, she, she been in uh, therapy for four years and then after the fourth year she finally getting a grasp on life right. she's finally dealing with all the traumas of her childhood and right. her parents she finally you know becoming self-aware and understanding right. the things that make her frustrated and her triggers and all these right. things and then she come across a dude when she like 35 years old yep. and he on the same wavelength he been right. doing the work on himself y'all gonna be like yo this is like this I'm is crazy. glad it happened at this time right. in my life yeah I'm telling you especially you get my age you get 35 I think for me, right, I think what needs to happen is you have to meet someone that's just as fed up as you are. Yeah. Right. You, you're, And what I mean by fed up is you're fed up with people who rush, people who have bad mental health. Yeah. People who don't have any goals or ambition, people who are just they're just existing. They're not living like <laughs> That's shit that you notice when you're actually doing the work on yourself. You notice people that are not doing it. That is the biggest turnoff. Mm-hmm. It is the biggest fucking turnoff. Mm-hmm. When you don't even have an identity. Yeah. I don't like, that's why I like, this is kind of unrelated, but that's why, especially as you get older, like looks matter less and less. Mm-hmm. They become the second and third thing that you recognize. Because yeah. behind those nice tits and that nice ass, you got nothing. Yeah. You don't got shit. Yeah. It's like, I mean, I I could have fun with some nice titties for what, a couple nights? And I'm tired of them. Yeah. You, you, you tend to start wanting substance. If you're a bottle of wine, you don't want to settle for a fucking, I don't know, what's less than wine? Champagne? Like some, apple some, cider? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Some, some cheap. Whatever cheap liquor, yeah, fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't want, I don't want a uh, uh, malt liquor. I don't yeah. want, a, mm-hmm. I don't want that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, it just, it just comes over time. Mm-hmm. You just, and this is also for um, applies to men, but I think based on the whole conversation of the biological clock, it's more women that do this shit. Mm-hmm. So 
you could take this conversation or leave it, but you really got to fucking stop using this um, fictional clock in your mind to make these decisions because it's going to put you in a fucked up situation. Yeah. Take it or leave it. Welcome to the Truckers Mind Podcast. (laughs) All right. Switching gears. Um, George Lucas. Um, George Lucas is the, what was he? The uh, Star Wars. Yes. Yeah, what was he? The, Star Wars. The, the, the writer, yeah, director? The writer, director, all the yeah. Um He basically made a statement, I'm operating on extra credit. And I'll go ahead and give some context behind uh, his statement that he made. And it's it comes from a pretty cool, spa- a pretty cool spot. It basically, he says, um, let's see here. George Lucas defied doctor's odds to make a full recovery after a severe car accident that almost claimed his life in high school. The Star Wars creator was driving home from school in the middle of his senior year when a car slammed into the side of his vehicle, causing it to flip more than seven times. The filmmaker was left with several broken ribs and two collapsed lungs. Uh, Lucas is convinced that the accident had a profound effect on his life. Revealing the experience prompted him to reconsider his dreams and change the course of his career. In a candid new TV chat with Oprah Winfrey for her next chapter series, He says, in high school, I lived to be a race car driver. I was in a very bad accident. And so and so then I reevaluate reevaluated all that. I said, maybe there's something else for me. Maybe there's a reason I survived this accident that that nobody should have survived. I was hit broadsided by a car that was going 90 miles per hour. Shit. Um, I should have been dead. Uh, It did give me perspective on life. That's on life. Uh, that said, you know, basically you're operating on extra credit. Let's just go for it. I'm never afraid of dying. I feel like what I'm getting is bonus material. That is one great way of looking at it. I that, think also, if I'm not mistaken, that might have been his second accident. Wow. Um, but yeah, I would have to double check that. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I think that a lot of us have these situations, man. I, I think we've been through some fucked up shit. Everybody's been through something. But some of us have been through some really fucked up shit where you almost died in a car crash or you got shot or you lost a family member in a really unfortunate way or whatever's going on. And it's like, yo, like I'm operating on a different system now. I'm not I'm not operating from a scarcity mindset anymore. Like, let's just fucking go for it. Why not? Mm -hmm. You know, and once you could do that, you become very dangerous out in the world because you get it. Now yeah. you understand that, hey, I could have just fucking died or, hey, like I got shot seven times. Why do you think 50 Cent probably acts the way he acts? Sometimes he's just acting wild and he don't be giving a fuck about these rappers and just the way he conducts himself. That guy's how many times did 50 Cent get shot? I think nine, like nine or ten times mm-hmm. like that. That definitely has to do something to you. Like I shouldn't even be here right now. Mm-hmm. So I don't have a fear of shit. Yeah. Can you imagine what your life would be like if you removed fear from it? Yeah. Just remove all the fear, all the fluff, all the bullshit. What would your life be like if you remove every fearful moment from your life? Mm-hmm. How far would you be? Yeah. That's just that's that's really scary but in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Cuz we restrict ourselves so much. He almost died. He flipped seven times and fucked himself up and said, hey, let me reevaluate my life. But now, boom, I'm going all the way for it. Yeah, I'm operating off of I'm operating off a different amount of energy now. Yeah. Yeah, man. I I mean, I've been in a car accident and it's like it's a it's a scary experience. Mm -hmm. And 
I got into an accident on the freeway going probably 60 miles per hour or something crazy like that. So I, I understand this idea where you're like, yo, I, I know that in that situation I could have been dead, 100%. you know, depending on if, if a car, cause what happened with me, a car stopped in front of me, like, cause it was, it's a lot of construction on the freeway out here. A car stopped in front of me and then I try to, I try to miss it by swerving, but mm. like God, like God, I guess was operating in a sense because there was no other un- oncoming traffic behind us. Wow. So when I swerved and missed them, like I probably would have ran into like two or three other cars, Hell but there was yeah. no car. There was cars in like nowhere in sight and it was weird. And I spun out for, it had to be like 10 seconds or something like that. And then I didn't hit nobody else. So it was just wow. kind of one of those things where you just like knowing that all the potential that that could have, you know, potential damage that that could have caused, I just, I literally just opened my door and walked out of the car. Yeah. And luckily no one else was hurt um, um, bad either. But those are the type of situations where you'd be like, yo, like this could be over like that. That'd be crazy if you had a dash cam. Yeah. It would have been like, oh, molecules, molecules, <laughs> oh, molecules, oh, fuck. <laughs> it, it was weird because like, you know, kind of going back to that story I had when, uh, like I was, there was a shooting at CSUB and then somebody seen me and was like, dang, Keith, why are you so calm? Um, yeah. When I was, when I was, <laughs> when I was in the car, it felt like everything was in slow motion. Yes. That's how accidents like, feel. Yeah. Like I felt like I was actually thinking about everything that was going on. Dang. And then yeah. while you was in accident spinning around, it was that dude on the side of the road was like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> Keith, your car is so messed up. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if you heard him while you were spinning, like Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh man! Your deductible is gonna be crazy. After. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know what your specific situation is, but we all have something. I think with me, what has motivated me to move in a different way is also being the three funerals of men my exact age. Yeah. You know, and knowing men my exact age who have passed on. And it's like the Lord has spared me to this point to do something with my life, mm-hmm. right? I've I feel like I've found my calling, but I have to go even harder in that. Based on the fact that I don't know when my time is. Yeah. Nobody knows when their time is. So I think it's important to move from a sense of I got to do this the best that I can because it's not so much me making it relatable to him like I shouldn't be here. But I've looked at three men my age pass on. That does something to you. Mm -hmm. And these are good men, though, not just. Regular dudes, these were actual good men, fathers, providers, good men. If I could watch these men pass on and not do something with my life after watching that, then I'd be a fool. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's it's definitely something that um, it was a very powerful statement. Yeah. I mean, if you operate like that, you you're doing yourself and them a disservice. I 100%. feel like I feel like we should never let any of these situations like go on in vain or yeah. for your, for your, for you, we shouldn't let anyone pass away in vain Hundred percent, because they were living the, uh, they were examples of what we all aspire to be like. 100%. So for us, we got to push and keep pushing. 
um, and make good on that on the, on the energy that they left in the world. One hundred percent, man. Like like we just mentioned on the last <clears throat> pod with Gore, man. Shout out to Gore, Gore, rest in peace. Mm-hmm. But you know, me and him the same age. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, he was a solid cat, and you you see people like that pass, and you like yo, and he also was a huge fan of the podcast. Mm-hmm. So it's like, how could you know that somebody subscribed to what you did? And not go harder for it, knowing that somebody that liked what you did passed on. Yeah, they believed. They believed in. They you. actually gave a fuck yeah. and believed in what you did. There, there's somebody out there that, you know, for all the listeners, there's somebody out there that probably believes in you more than you believe in yourself. Right. And if you let that go to waste, that belief that that little bit of inspiration or motivation that they're giving you when they say like, "Hey, that's dope," like I love how you stitch together that little. Whatever, you know, right. I love how you sold that. I love how you you put that together. I love that like you have an amazing voice or you you have such a talent in this. Like, why aren't you doing it? For you to not take advantage of that little that little inkle of belief that they put in you, you you just that's you losing. You losing big time. Yeah. Big time. Mm-hmm. So if you took anything from this, man, um take a book. What's the book called that he has? The book that I'm reading? Yeah. It's called uh, Hitmakers. Hitmakers. It's not. It's not a motivational book. It's. Right. It's a book about why certain things are successful. Mm. So it it and it dives into, um, so so that story about George George Lucas was a book about. I mean, a a story about like just him and why he became the highest grossing film ever. So it just it, the the real nugget in there was was more so about the consistency that he had and, you know, his, yeah. his work ethic and stuff like that. I, but that was like the genesis of him being right. George Lucas. I relate this to Kanye West. Would Kanye West be who, where he is today without that car crash? No. Yeah. I, like, you know, literally and, you know, as far as his career goes. 100%. Because the first song that popped off was... Mm-hmm. Through the Wire. Yeah. He, his mouth was fucking literally wired shut from being in an accident. Mm-hmm. But that, that has to do something to you. Mm-hmm. When you you kind of work from a sense of urgency now, it's mm-hmm. like yo, I got to get this music out now. What's crazy about Tupac? He wrote so much fucking music, but he had already been shot. Mm-hmm. So imagine how that feels to be shot, and now you're making music, and it's almost from a sense of ur- Tupac has so much music. He was releasing albums for years. Yeah, and I remember when I was in high school, people was like, "Hey, you heard that new Tupac?" I was like. Tupac has been dead since 96. What are you talking about? He's like, no, this is the new one. This is the new one. Yeah. I'm sure like, Tupac got some, still got some music somewhere. Like three tight, like as a more recent stuff, um, To Pimp a Butterfly, Kendrick Lamar had Tupac talking on there at the end. Crazy. Like the poem or whatever. And then Tyga had a song um, with Tupac on there. Like this is like more recent. Like just talking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like Can you imagine if Tupac came out with an album and then he accidentally said some current shit on it? Yeah. COVID nineteen. Like, COVID nineteen got me tripping. <laughs> <laughs> COVID nineteen in my dreams. Yeah. <laughs> like, did this nigga just say COVID? <laughs> I knew he was alive. I knew it. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Uh we just seen Tupac in Lancaster, California. Yeah. That nigga would be in Modesto. Yeah, he did that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, switching gears. Um, Vanessa Bryant, um, who was obviously Kobe Bryant's uh, now widowed wife, um, she's been through a lot this year, obviously losing her husband and her daughter, uh, and, you know, also 
having a situation with the sheriff's department out there releasing footage of the wreck and you know going through it with them and then now her own fucking mother is suing her right which this can make this any worse um let me pull up the article here it's just it's just super unfortunate man it doesn't even make any sense but all right here we go um vanessa bryant the widow of kobe bryant was has denounced a lawsuit from her mother claiming she is owed years of pay for working as an unpaid assistant and support promised by uh, the basketball legend <clears throat> who was killed in a helicopter crash in January. Brian issued a statement Thursday saying her mother was trying to extort a financial windfall. Uh, the Los Angeles Times reported the 48 page lawsuit filed by Sophia Uberta Lane, um, 68 claims that Kobe Bryant promised to take care of her for life. Unfortunately, Kobe Bryant's promise did not see the light of day as he is now deceased and Vanessa Bryant took each and every steps, every step she could to void and cancel all of Kobe's promises. That's in quotes. Um, the lawsuit claims asserting that Vanessa Bryant never intended to honor those wishes. Kobe Bryant, 13-year-old daughter Gianna, and seven others died January 26th when their helicopter crashes the hills of Calabasas. Financial experts uh, estimate Vanessa Bryant inherited control of his estate, which is up to $600 million, the time at the Times reported. Uh, Vanessa Bryant's statement said that she and her husband allowed her mother to live for free in their properties in Newport Beach coast, but never promised any, her anything or discouraged her from providing for herself. Okay, man. Um, and it's got something here talking about she wanted to be charged $96 per hour for supposedly working 12 hours a day for 18 years. This is just pathetic. Um, the key word to describe this situation is entitlement. Mm-hmm. Um, people feel entitled to things that they never fucking worked for. Why the fuck would you? And here's the thing. A lot of times people say, well, you don't know the situation. You don't know the insides and outs of it. Okay. That doesn't apply right now because even from the outside looking in, Vanessa Bryant lost her husband and daughter and her mom is suing her in the middle of that. Yeah. That tells you who her mother is. Her mother is a piece of of shit yeah point blank period you have no empathy you do not care if you cared you would show support you wouldn't be in somebody's pocket not to mention vanessa's mom is getting alimony from a divorce she got in 2004 Mm -hmm. so her whole life is based on receiving and not earning yeah the most important thing you could do with these people is cut them off and I know it sounds terrible saying to cut your family off, but when they are hell bent on hurting you, you need to get rid of them. Mm-hmm. In this situation, she got to go, period. Mm-hmm. If you are more, um, if you're more, if you're more fixed on hurting me, suing me, wanting something from me, you're using me. I get nothing from you. Yeah, It's already bad enough. That I'm Vanessa Bryant and I'm grieving my daughter and my husband, but now you want something from me now? What the fuck? Yeah. Where where am I? Like, I'm not getting no support from you, nothing. Mm-hmm. All her mama gotta do right now is just be there. That's all she gotta do is just be there to support her. And I don't know the whole ins and outs, but I assume that being there for your daughter, she may want to take care of you. Yeah. That's I crazy. mean, and also her granddaughter died. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, 
this kind of situation it's it's almost beyond a leech. Yeah. It's more of a it's more of a parasite. You yeah. know, for for a person to want to take it, take advantage of someone who um is sad obviously about losing her husband and her daughter, yeah. but also the fact that the money is not coming in like it it probably used to be. 100%. Cuz Kobe Bryant, he was, you know, he's man in the ship. He was mm-hmm. writing the books, he was, you know, directing the films and mm-hmm. creating the world. Right. Um, obviously Vanessa's she's um important in her own right, but right. Kobe is the breadwinner. That 600 yes, million wouldn't come without Kobe Bryant. 100%. So, even off the uh off the back of that, just trying to um uh, I guess gouge yeah. Vanessa Bryant for millions of dollars yeah. is ridiculous, especially like I said, knowing knowing this situation. It's it's, it's kind of one of those things where. But with that being said, this isn't the first time that this happens. I I know for Man. a fact because just based off of her her marriage and her her last marriage and her getting alimony for mm-hmm. it, I know Vanessa Bryant already knows this about her mom. Oh yeah, it's probably just coming to the light right now. And oh, I don't man. know the and I don't know their relationship. You know, I don't know if she cut her off a long time ago or yeah. if she stopped messing with her. Maybe Kobe Bryant was the one like, hey, that's your mom. You gotta you know you gotta yeah. take care of that. Who knows the the context of their relationship, but. You know, us knowing this, we got, like you say, you got to cut people off. You mm-hmm. can still love people, but love them at a distance. Yeah. yeah. You ain't got no choice. Mm-hmm. Or, or, I mean, you could either do that or continue to hurt yourself. Yeah. And make a choice. I think a comparable situation was um, the, the Aaron Hernandez documentary. Mm-hmm. And it was just showing how much of a dysfunctional relationship he had with his parents. Yeah. And his mom got on the phone one time and she says, just give me a million dollars and I, and you never have to hear from me again. Yeah. You never have to hear again from me again. If you just give me a million dollars, I'll leave you alone. And he's like, I don't fucking got a million dollars for you. What's wrong with you? And you notice how Aaron Hernandez's life ended up, you know, <clears throat> him committing suicide and him shooting people and being dysfunctional. And yeah. he was all fucked up. But it just shows like, a lot of people should not be having kids. A lot That's of people sad, should not be having kids. Bro, why is it that you can't even love your daughter at a time where she just needs love? Yeah. She just needs support. And your sorry ass is asking her for money. Not not even asking. You're demanding something you never earned. And Vanessa also talked about we never she never really helped out with the kids very much. Mm. <laughs> shit is crazy. It is beyond me that someone will feel entitled. And and what's crazy too is their whole life is based off of what you could do for me and nothing. I'm pretty sure Vanessa Bryant's mom probably is the type of person that will leech on to a rich man. And, you know, obviously she's getting alimony from him since 2004. So you mean to tell me you haven't done anything with your life since 2004? You haven't earned any money for your. You getting alimony from 04? I've been out of high school since 2003. Mm-hmm. So you mean to tell me you've been getting another man's money for that long? And I think alimony lasts as long as uh, she doesn't remarry, I think. Mm-hmm. if I think once you remarry, that's when the alimony checks stop. Yeah, okay. But that's just pathetic. And it's she probably purposely didn't remarry so she yeah. could get that bag. Unless the dude is more richer than the last guy who knows all i know is that it this is to, this is a very important message to the men out there if you are a man of value and you make a lot of money stop dealing with women that ain't doing shit uh-huh. i'm just sorry i just got to come out and say it bluntly because mm-hmm. if she has nothing to offer your life then you're gonna end up in a world full of shit 
also we have to realize that if you weren't doing anything, then you probably wouldn't be able to get cuffed either. Hell no. Yeah. Ain't no bum. Ain't no nigga that's just out. Not a not a bum being disrespectful to homeless people, but just a bum. Yeah. Like you you ain't you ain't catching no successful no. woman. No. Just the, the way the this it's really lopsided how the whole dynamic works between men and women. Because if you're a woman that doesn't have a whole lot, but you are fucking gorgeous, nice breasts, beautiful lips, nice skin, fat ass. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you see two chains over there. He's going to like that. Mm-hmm. So a woman that that may work at Arby's that got a nice titties and a fat ass and she's mm-hmm. pretty, and she, she could get it, and she loves the meats and she does that meat. <laughs> she could get two chains. Mm-hmm. Realistically, a woman could. There, I know women in Bakersfield that have fucked with players on the Dodgers. Regular Joe Blow girls that just happen to look pretty decent, mm-hmm. right? Women get a, a more of a reach towards men that have success. Yeah. But a dude that's working at Arby's. A successful woman is not looking at your fucking ass. Yeah. They're going to be like, hey, hurry up with my sandwich. Yeah. They're not fucking with you. Not even looking twice. Not even looking twice. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be like, oh, he cute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the only rich woman that's going to want to fuck a guy that don't have a lot is a cougar. Ah, <laughs> yeah. Because she, you know, she want a young man for a sex drive and she might be 50, you know, 53 or some shit like that. But mm-hmm. she still look good for her age. And when women get older and they single, they do not want men their age because men their age look fucked up. Mm-hmm. You know, you know who they want to fuck? Young dude. Me. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying like I'm just like great. I'm just the the best choice. Mm-hmm. But I'm 35, which is still considered kind of young to a mm-hmm. cougar, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I, you know, I I do okay for myself. But like a chick that's in her 50s would be like, hey, young man. So um. I was wondering. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, But yeah, I don't want to veer too far off. But yeah, dude, it's it, it's it's extremely unfortunate that this situation is really going on, man. Mm-hmm. Just fucked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it makes me sad. And you brought up the um, Aaron Hernandez situation and yeah, just the mom. just the fact that parents is really out here taking advantage and I don't even know what the term is for these kind of parents but parents are really out here taking advantage of the success of their children it just yeah. it hurts man yeah mm-hmm. it's especially like, like like I was saying coming from we we're, we're coming from where we come from where we don't have much of nothing but the only thing we can hold on to is like that family and that love yeah yeah yeah, yeah these child stars have fucked up past like you look at uh uh, who was it? Uh, like Britney Spears, be having problems with shit going on. I think her dad manages her, sh- her money or her whatever. Yeah, this, this is all just fucked up. Yeah, yeah, it's just yeah, it's kind of a tangent. But Shia LaBeouf had some news that came out that he had some abusive relationships with his his past girlfriends and whatnot. Really? Yeah. What was this? This, this uh, came days? out this week. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. So is this the this girl the movie? Honey Boy, yeah, the girl in there, that uh-huh. um, the young girl that was like, you know, that was she took him to the hotel and whatnot, and they didn't okay. have sex or whatever. Yeah, her name is like FKA Twigs or something like that. Okay. I guess she's a musician, uh-huh. and they used to date. And she had came out and said that he was abusive and some other stuff. Wow, yeah, wow. I mean, yeah, that's that's not cool at all. Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah, but yeah. it's kind of one of those things you you start to look at the you start to look at the movie. 
And then you're like, oh, okay, like his dad was abusive to him, so or his dad was abusive to his mom and stuff like that. So that's maybe not an that's excuse though. You need to break those fucking chains. It's not an excuse, but there's right. there's this a legit reason as to why something like that can happen. Yeah, true. I, I mean, from like I guess a psychological mm-hmm. um, uh, standpoint, I guess mm-hmm. uh, you're you you you're trying you basically try to make sense of it. Maybe you know he became a product of what he saw, mm-hmm. but as a grown man and someone is a successful actor, bad move. You don't, mm-hmm. you don't put your hands on women. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Shout out Buffy. Yeah. You fucking up, man. <laughs> and he's getting in all kinds of trouble. He's got mental issues, man. Oh, for sure. He's got yeah. mental issues. I, I really like Shia LaBeouf a lot, but at the same time, it's like, yo, some ain't right. He got busted for stealing some shit recently too. Really? He's shoplifting. Yeah. Some petty theft. He got arrested for it. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy to think like he's so talented and he, he it seems like he kind of goes, he has these ebbs and flows of like being solid, like mm. being right in his mind. His and, medication. You know, yeah, yeah. It's got to be him. He probably off his fucking meds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't want to stray too far from it. Um, I just think that ultimately money, you never want to allow money to become so powerful that you will damaged relationships for it she went on a show it was on spanish i forgot what it's called it was on univision i believe her mother and she basically just she used that platform to demonize vanessa Mm -hmm. saying vanessa threw me out of the house and vanessa won't give me vanessa took the car she did that and it made news Mm -hmm. and i just think it's so fucked up that you decided to do it yeah and it's just to make your daughter look bad and then and then the crazy thing about it is, is you say it as if you're entitled. She took this. She, if anyone could take something away from you, you never deserved it. Mm-hmm. If somebody could come in here right now and say, hey, well, you need to get your stuff and you and Eddie and Keith, you need to go move here. You need to do this and do that. Like, yo, that means you should have never got it. Mm-hmm. You never fucking deserved it. Mm-hmm. It's like taking a child's PS5. Mm-hmm. He didn't work for that shit. You don't want to pay for it. Yeah. So you could take it and put it back in his room as you please. Yeah. This is ridiculous, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. I don't want to beat this over the head. I just think that it's extremely unfortunate that people allow money to become uh to create a wedge in your family. Most divorces in why? Money. Mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of friendships in money. Look, man, money is important from like a monetary sense. You need to pay your bills, you need to have a better quality of life. But god damn, man. People kill people over money. Yeah. Think about that. You take life over money. Money comes and goes and you will take someone's life over money. I would I could never I don't give a fuck. I told Desmond this uh Keith's older brother. I was like, dude, I don't care if you got a hundred thousand dollars sitting in the living room. I wouldn't take one dollar of it because I value our friendship as brothers mm-hmm. more than any of that money. Yeah, you know what I mean. He was yeah. like, I feel the same way about you, bro. I couldn't ever get you know do anything and betray you for money. Yeah, you know, it's and they did like I think they had a statistic. It was like it said like most women would leave their partner for uh for like a more stable living situation. That was a real statistic. It was on the news. Eh. Would you leave your significant other for a, a more stable financial future? Basically, somebody that's making more money. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's just not that serious. No, it's not that serious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and some, I mean, it's is. I think about it like we say we didn't come for much. So, a lot of our times, our most memorable times, came on the on the idea that 
we were making something out of nothing. Like, you know, all we got is us. So a lot of the memories we got, whether it's just kicking it at the crib or riding a bus or whatever the case may be, like a lot of that, there was no... Like we don't uh, we don't have stories of vacations of you there know, you go family vacation yeah. and being on a beach and you know that's not our story but mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of our you know our valuable experiences come from just you know being together hundred so, percent sucks yeah yeah it's, you just need the the minimal things in life especially when you go through something for reals like mm-hmm. Vanessa going through. The money you think she's really thinking about money right she now? Six hundred million should turn that right in right now to have both of them mm, back. Have her have her husband and her daughter back. She'll yeah. give all that shit up. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Shout, shout out to Vanessa. Stay strong out there. That mm-hmm. shit is tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, switching gears, uh, I'll make this one very very quick. Um, New Year's resolutions. We we talked about this last year on the podcast and other times. Resolutions are not real. It's it's just it's just to make people feel good about themselves that are full of shit. If you really gave a fuck about being a better person, you would already started doing it. Mm-hmm. You would already started. Don't like you could die at any time. Why would you say January first? My life's gonna change. Mm-hmm. That's not how change works. Change happens incrementally and it happens over time. Yeah. And it happens, it starts with a mindset. If your mindset is, I'm going to do it later, I'm going to do that later, then you never gave a fuck. You're just a person that wants to make yourself feel good. Mm-hmm. You want to go to the gym in January and only go to about February, March, and then you're already done for the year and you just stop going to the gym. Yeah. You have to make you have to devote your time and your life to something if you really want to fucking change. Yeah. And I see this a lot. And I, I see a lot of people too. It's like, yeah, I was going to the gym and then COVID happened and I just stopped going. If you gave a fuck, COVID or anything else would have never stopped you. Mm-hmm. Because for the for example, this podcast, COVID happened. Me and Keith kept rocking. A lot of people went to they went to fucking Zoom. A lot of people won't even go in the studio. Me and Keith stay going into studio every week because COVID ain't stopping shit. Yeah. If you really care about something, you will navigate around those bullshit excuses and put yourself to the test. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I for me, my resolution always starts now. Right. It always starts when I when I have the opportunity to do it. Like I'm not waiting till. January 1st to do anything because like you said you don't even know if you're actually you'll actually get there and then also just by waiting to the first you're making as of right now what it's it'll be the 21st when this (laughs) drops you're missing over a week's worth of work that you could be doing you know prior to getting to the first so so you could have so much momentum going into the first like yo like I already started this idea I already started working out I already started my podcast um and then as soon as January 1st, 2021 hits, then you already hitting the ground running. 100%. But, you know, like this, it's just this, there is a, a like a cyclical thing about, yes. you know, January 1st and just kind of starting fresh. It's mm-hmm. good to, it's good that like just that, even that mindset, I feel like, I feel like for even me, even for me to, to get out of this year is going to be like so refreshing. Right. right? Just because, you know, all the, the, the COVID and all the, the people dying and all these things, it's yeah. going to be, it's going to be like a reset almost. Oh, yeah. But 
that's a reset for my mindset. But other yeah. than that, as far as the things that I want to do, I'm already doing it. Mm-hmm. I want to drop certain things on the first. You know yeah. what I mean? I don't want to start doing that on the first. There you go. Yeah. You know what makes me feel good about going into 21? Is the fact that we never stop doing what we've been fucking doing. Yeah. I've never diverted. I've never diverted from what I wanted to do. Not one time. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of people that you start stuff and you quit it. You are too fucking old. You, especially if you're in your 30s. You are too old to start things and quit them. Mm-hmm. You are quitting on yourself every time. You want to know the most hilarious thing, though? The most hilarious thing about people is you act like you have time. Yeah. We are on borrowed time. How many times do I have to keep saying this? You can die at any moment. At any moment, you can die. Mm-hmm. I don't like to keep bringing up death because, you know, it's a touchy topic, but it's real. The moment you fucking were born, you are destined to die. Okay? Stop acting like you have time. You keep putting shit off, putting it off, quitting it. Oh, I'm going to do it again. Let me quit again. Fuck that. Stop starting stuff and quitting. You're only putting yourself in the hole. And anyone that believes in you, you are letting them down because you keep fucking quitting. Mm -hmm. Okay? I don't want to hear no excuses. You know, we all got the... You've heard this a million times from your, you know, your favorite... um, your favorite motivational people. We all got the same 24 hours. We do. Some of us spend a lot of that time working, but guess what? I work all week. Mm -hmm. I'm busy all week. Yeah, I get the weekend off, but I can make an excuse and say, I don't want to do a podcast, man. I'm tired, but I love this shit. Yeah. So I'm going to keep doing it, period. Folks, you got to stop this bullshit. Stop the procrastination Stop all of it. And by the way, I'm not speaking from a person preaching. I'm speaking of a person that has changed it and is still working on changing all these habits. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not exactly where I want to be, mm-hmm. but that's why I get so fired up and a little bit mad because I'm talking about myself. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's real. I think uh, it's it's not super complex. It's not super deep, but, right. you know, in 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 a short combo or short motivational excerpt, like January 1st should not be anything more than a reset button. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't be you. It shouldn't like we see this every single year, the gyms be packed Mm -hmm. for the first week or so. Everyone has this, this weight loss motivation. Everyone has this, uh, you know, um, I'm going to start a business this year or I'm going to read more. Or I'm going to whatever the case may be. Um, see how successful or see how good it will feel for you when you start um, on New Year's Eve. Right. You know what I mean? Try try that out. And when you when you realize that you're already ahead of everybody else is starting on the first, you're going to have a leg up on everyone in the world. Mm hmm. Yeah. Let me tell you something, dog. I remember it was some years ago, like six years ago, I went on a, it was a, a, like a, a extreme weight loss journey or more or less. It was more or less to burn a lot of body fat. Mm-hmm. And I had never been on a journey like that before. I, I started it at like, I think it was around 260, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I was fat, but I was definitely had some body fat on me. Mm-hmm. And 
I was doing things that I had never done in my life. I was doing a lot of cardio. You remember what we was doing, Keith? Yeah. All that running we was doing, all yeah. of that shit. And sometimes when I would be walking around, I would just bust out a random smile uncontrollably, mm-hmm. right? And it was because I knew that I was willing to do what everyone else was not willing to do to get there. Yeah. I knew that I was doing more than all of my peers to reach the goals that I wanted to get to. Yeah. I went from like 260 to like 220 pounds. You know, I got down to like 13% body fat. Mm. You know, I'm a big dude now. I still work out, but I ain't where I was. Mm. But just to give an example, I knew that I had been putting in the work before the fucking year. Mm-hmm. Before the, the year it ended, I was already getting lean. Mm-hmm. I already was eating a decent diet. Yeah. But I just had, I had all my stuff stacked up and I knew exactly what I was going to do. Yeah. So keep that in mind, man. Just keep that in mind before the new year starts and don't use it as a crutch. Mm-hmm. All right. Switching gears. Um, we got a question here. Um, and it's a hell of a question, but we'll go right into it. All right. Um, question is, is, hi, I don't know if this is weird, uh, but I'm just looking for advice on relationships. And you and Keith always seem to throw some gems out there on the podcast. I've been in an almost seven year relationship with someone who is almost completely dependent on me. I was always raised to help if you can, because you've always been helped. It's clear that was in quotes. It's clear that there's there are so many reasons to leave. But the one thing that is stopping me is that I'm worried for him. The only thing in my life that will change is that I won't have someone with me all the time. But everything in his life will change. He doesn't have a great supportive family or a lot of friends. Uh, Nowhere he can immediately go after we after the breakup. How do you put yourself first in a relationship that has slowly depleted you over the past six years and not be sick with worry about the other person being all right. Uh, who without you basically has nothing. Sorry if this is weird. No, it's not weird, but I'm going to tell you something. Me and Keith talked about this, right? I think that, and, and by the way, she's 30 years old, so she's still very young. She's not old, right? I will say this. You have to start looking after you. Is this your boyfriend or your fucking son? (laughs) Are you his mom or his girlfriend? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. At the end of the day, if you got to move out, I say this. Give that man like a couple hundred dollars, five hundred dollars. And you move away and start your own life. And the reason why I'm saying this is this. This may sound like horrible advice. Well, Eddie, they should see a relationship counselor because, you know, you shouldn't be giving advice and telling people to leave someone. You should really no leave this dude. This dude is determined in his mind that it's okay. This dude is like Vanessa Bryant's mom. This guy has made it up in his mind that it is okay to benefit from you while not while you don't benefit from him. Mm -hmm. If someone has made it up in their mind that that's okay. They've told you who they were a long time ago, period. You are hurting yourself and wasting your years. Do not ever waste, in your case, do not waste your best years on a man that has chosen that he is not doing shit. Yeah. You need to move the fuck on. You need to level up in your life and never allow another man like that to be around you. Bottom line. Mm -hmm. Bottom line. You should be doing enough in your life where a man like that should never get your attention again. 
And this is not to scold you or talk badly about you. This is toward this is for men, women, whoever. But in this case, I'm talking to a woman. And I would say that your value is high enough to where you're taking care of this guy, obviously. So how would it feel to have a guy that can actually do for himself? That's the type of man you deserve. Yeah. But what I would suggest is when you leave this guy, don't date anyone for a while. Figure out who you are, because right now you might have a slight issue with your identity because you are allowing this grown man to leech off you and not do for himself. That ain't right. Yeah. I think a lot of times we like to criticize from the outside looking in, we like to criticize the person that's doing what is deemed to be like the bad thing or the right. bad thing for the relationship, right? Um, my point is always, I want to look at the person that is the enabler. 100%. Because like you said, there could be something right there with that where you may be, you may have looked at maybe your parents' relationship. Mm -hmm. Maybe your mom took care of your dad and mm -hmm. you feel like you got to take care. Or you may be a person that's insecure about yourself to where you feel like this is the only person that's ever going to love you. But what right. I would say to that, all of that stuff is, it is what it is. We can't, you know, we can't, we can't uh, change those things that happened in the past. But what you can do is work on yourself in the future. Mm -hmm. And you realize if you do have some sort of insecurity about finding a man any real man will know the value in a woman that um, has the ability to take care of somebody for seven years. Right. So there's going to be a man out there that's like, yo, this woman, she, this is beyond independence. Like, I don't even know what she would call it. Like, <laughs> this is. like having somebody that's leeching off of you for seven years. It's a parasite, man. Yeah, exactly. So for someone that can take care, there's gonna, there's a man out there that's like, yo, I, I'm looking for somebody that can handle their own business. I'm looking man. for somebody that paid their rent and, and don't need for me, but is willing to help, you know, willing to grow with me. 100%. And then that's the type of person you, that you're going to need. The, the person that you're taking care of now it's it's too late. You know, yeah. like you said, it, you know, there's no relationship therapy that is going to motivate someone to get mm -hmm. off their ass. Yeah, it's too late. Et can't do it. Gary V can't do it. No. None of these YouTube, none of these uh, these motivational speakers can help this man at this point. No. The only thing that can help him is like scarcity. Yeah. And if if you throw him out on the streets, or if you move out, or tell him to figure it out on his own. Hopefully he figure it, figures it out, but that's not your problem. Uh -uh. You a grown woman, that's a grown man mm -hmm. that y'all that um, you guys are in a relationship. Yeah, it, th the way you got to get rid of this dude is like stopping smoking cigarettes. Mm -hmm. Like you got to cut this shit off cold turkey because it's the biggest issue is is you could fall right back into taking care of this guy when you split from him. First of all, it's not going to be easy separating yourself from someone because you form a amount of reliance on people when they've been around for seven years. They know everything about you. You know everything about them and you love them. But you can never love someone more than yourself, especially yeah. somebody that has made a lifelong, has made a decision that they need you to live off of. What what happens in that relationship dynamic too is you start to 
you probably still love him, like the core person mm-hmm. that he is, but you lose respect for that person. Oh, a million percent. So I'm sure there was a point seven years ago, eight years ago, when y'all was probably in a talking phase or whatever, where you was like, you didn't mind oh my God, yeah, oh my gosh, honey, you know, you could do this, you could do that. Like, you know, you was probably laughing at his jokes, but now seven years later, he probably tried to be funny and it ain't even funny it ain't even funny no more. Yeah. That's true. I'm going to tell you something, too, what a lot of women don't realize is their whole, the way women move is based off respect. Mm-hmm. Women operate on respect. Mm-hmm. When women respect you, it's certain things they're going to watch their mouth and they're not going to say or whatever because they know you're a real dude. Mm-hmm. They know you're a solid man. So if you a dude that's leeching off of her, bro, these women will yell, scream, be mad <laughs> because you ain't nobody. Mm-hmm. Okay. And unfortunately, you kind of deserve it. Yeah, you're not nobody. You're you not nobody, bro. Mm-hmm. So if you're not a man worth respecting and a woman doesn't respect you, she should have been left. If she stays with you, she got no respect for you, mm-hmm. period, mm-hmm. point blank. And I know any woman listening to this will agree Yeah, because they've had some men in their life that they didn't respect. And the way that they acted or the way they behaved was was in. Uh, I guess in conjunction with that whole idea mm-hmm. like no like I don't respect this person that's why I yell and scream at him when I get a chance or that's why I you know run off and break up multiple times because I don't respect this person yeah what what I could tell you specifically the person that asked this question is this is not an attack on you but this is this is a huge fucking wake-up call And I know it might be some family probably that told you you needed to drop this guy. It might have been some friend that you had at work or somebody you might know that told you, you know, that's not right what he's doing. Mm -hmm. But I'm here to tell you as a man who who's done the work on himself, Keith, who is doing the work and has done the work on himself as men. This is inexcusable, Mm -hmm. period. As a man, you should want more for yourself. Yeah, period. Forget about everybody else and want to do good for everybody. You should want more for you as a man. Yeah. And if you don't want more for yourself, why the fuck are you in any relationship? It's some dudes out there that's like, oh, man, you know, these girls ain't no good. This and that. Oh, man, I'm tired of this. Why are you worried about a woman when you ain't got a job? Why are you worried about a woman? You ain't got a car. Why are you worried about a woman when you're an alcoholic? Why are you worried about a woman when you want to just leech off of them? How about you be a better man fucking first? Right? Yeah. And these are the same people that be getting girls pregnant. Yeah. 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 You got the nerve to put a naked dick in a woman and get her pregnant. You can't even provide for the baby. You don't got no value. All you got is dick. Yeah. You got nothing. You got nothing. Right? It's crazy when you think about how many, like, like, when you're a multifaceted man and you've worked for it, like, you know, and it's not like you want to be bragging, but, you you know, you can hold a conversation. You know, you're probably funny. You know, you know how to fuck. Um, you've got a good job. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. things of that nature. When you're a multifaceted man who has done the work on himself, then it makes sense for you to expect a certain type of woman to come around. But when you got nothing, bro, this dude is winning, dude. I will say that. <laughs> You know, it's, it's going to be a difficult breakup. And I hope I genuinely hope you do break up with this dude. Seriously, um, it's going to be a difficult breakup. But for him, it may be the thing he needed. He's yeah. so comfortable right now, you know, living in the space that he's living in. He probably ain't applied for a job in four or five years. Mm-hmm. 
chilling. He already know how much money you bring in home. He know if you at, he ask you for 20 bucks to go get whatever, mm-hmm. go to the store, go hang out with the fellas or whatever. He knows you're going to give it to him. But if you cut all that off, like you said, like Eddie said, cutting, cut him off cold turkey, he going to have to figure out life. That's going yeah. to be the motivation he needs to go. Maybe he get a little fast food job, work at Walmart, whatever. Maybe he post a picture on Instagram quoting ET or whatever the case may be. That's the motivation he need because he don't got nothing else to fall back on. Yeah, nothing. Let me tell you something else too. Um, I think it's important to have a plan. So it's not going to happen tomorrow. You're going to have to get the courage to eventually move on from this situation. Yeah. But what I will say is have a plan to better yourself. Now, I don't know you personally, but what I will say is we all need work and we've all done the work and we're all still doing the work, right? Mm -hmm. Um, If it means going and getting a new hairstyle, going to the gym, getting your body the best you've ever made it before for yourself, making more money. Self-help books. Self-help books, therapy, all the shit to make you a better woman. Do it. Mm Mm-hmm. Do it because there's some man out there that will appreciate that, mm-hmm. right? But fuck, fuck the man though. Fuck the fuck the dude. Not not literally, but fuck men. Mm-hmm. Do this shit for you. If you've been in a relationship this long, your objective is not to be in another relationship. Your objective should be to self improve. And then when you finally able to go out into the world, your idea of a man is going to greatly change Mm -hmm. because you moved on from this grown man child and you're going to start to see what a decent human being and a decent man is and what he brings to the table. Whether this whether it's from women or men, you got to be willing to every relationship should be symbiotic. Mm -hmm. Right. You should not be out in the world and all you got is dick mm-hmm. basically all this dude got is dick mm-hmm. and what's fucked up is if you've been with somebody this long i'm not trying to get into your sex life but sex can't be great with a motherfucker women have great sex with men because of how they feel about him yeah how they respect him what who he is so when they when they're having sex with you, they're having sex with somebody they respect. But how can sex even be with a man you don't respect? Enjoyable. Yeah. How is it enjoyable? On an emotional level. On an Maybe ex- he actually pounding your back out. Right. But <laughs> but on an emotional I level. I don't have any money. I'm a broke ass nigga. <laughs> this is broke dick. This is broke dick. <laughs> Uh, team broke dick We broke 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 Five broke We ain't got it What did what Kanye say <laughs> Ain't got no money Ain't, ain't got, got no, no clothes Ain't, ain't got, got no, no cars shoes. Can't ain't get no hoes Cause we broke 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 Five broke Bunch of niggas <laughs> Yeah Yeah But Yeah the, the thing too about it is like Sometimes you, you're not I feel like God doesn't bless you in every aspect of your life, right? Ah, right. So the person that lacks motivation could have, you know, could just have the best dick in the world for that woman. Who knows? But yeah, you never know. I I don't know, but it's it would be odd for me to really believe because I don't think women, for the most part, operate based off of that. 
just think, like strictly physical just strictly mm-hmm. there has to be some level of a tra- there's something about this man that's causing them to really like him i think in this situation with her it's more or less she's turned into like a mom almost yeah so she has this motherly this nurturing type attitude towards this dude she may have she may, she may have switched the way she's thinking about the relationship right to where she's like um i this is strictly physical like you know mm-hmm. there's no i don't have this uh like this emotional connection when we have mm-hmm. you know when we're intimate but i need to get my rocks off because this nigga is getting on my nerves like he's yeah. he not he just sitting on his ass all day and so. anybody that would sit there and not really do anything they probably got a shitload of excuses yeah like yeah i don't even want to look for work because i get anxiety or it's just annoying and you know people are stupid yeah. i've you know, seen it firsthand yeah you know, it's crazy mm-hmm. people that have no drive have excuses mm-hmm. i'm talking about a boatload of excuses I, what i realize is that like when when somebody doesn't want to do something um they can literally make up an excuse or they can justify any and everything yeah yeah they so work. there's people in like relationships mm-hmm. where um you know maybe they they don't actually want to go to therapy but they'll they'll make up an excuse like ah, yeah. oh, it's just I, I don't like this woman she's white she don't know nothing about our relationship she don't know nothing about us it's it's just like, like what yeah yeah looking for anything to deflect they work harder to make excuses than they work harder to fill out a fucking application yeah and it's like man i can't stand people like that mm-hmm. just in general but it's like when men do it it's like yo like the, like being a man is not easy from a sense of you know you, there's there's certain things that is expected of you this and that but at the same time dog it's the shit you should want for yourself mm-hmm. and when I and I've been through so much shit in my life when I see a man that's trying to literally um, legitimize their excuses I want to just slap them right across the face mm-hmm. I think what this guy deserves is the crossroads I think that we reach a crossroad in our life all of us reach a crossroad that's different yeah it's where like you basically like you got to make a fucking choice you know what I mean mm-hmm. like you get to this you get to the like I got to make a left or I can't go back. I don't have that as an option. I can only go forward now. Mm-hmm. So what this dude needs is the crossroads. Like, homie, okay, look, your girl. I say, I'm saying, like, get this dude like five, six hundred dollars, and then you just gotta go do you and move on with your life. And he gonna be hurting, but he got that couple hundred dollars to figure out something. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the fuck he gonna do, but you got your life ahead of you. You thirty years old. You're still very young, still but imagine, young. but imagine not being able to figure. Imagine not being able to figure out that you need to leave this dude to you thirty five, to you thirty eight. Yeah. He done. He stole all your best years from you, and you allowed it. Yeah. You th- you thirty years old. You can still you can still have a family. You can still find a husband. But you gotta cut this. You gotta cut this shit cut off. This, you know these Cause, loose ends. Because I'm gonna tell you a problem too. Is a lot of women in general, um, is they may meet solid dudes, but it's men like this that they had in their past that they still trying to shake this motherfucker while they actually meet a good man. Mm-hmm. So the dude that's got history with you that has an imprint. That's why we brought up an imprint. Mm-hmm. A man that has had an imprint on you and he wasn't even a good man, you will fuck off a good relationship because this clown from your past. Mm-hmm. So when you cut this dude off, he gotta fucking go. Yeah. I'm talking about this motherfucker needs to go. Yeah. Like it's gonna get to the point where you need to change your number because he's gonna be like, I need you. I want you back. I need you so bad. Why are you doing this to me? 
mm-hmm. and you going to fucking fall for it. Yeah, I, 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 you know, kind of going back to the, the point that I made about like that being his motivation. Right. Um, I've seen like in films and stuff, and obviously it's just a movie, but um, in films and TV shows and, and in real life where the person um, where the woman that cuts off the man for his lack of progress or his lack mm-hmm. of motivation in life. Right. And um, I know a guy personally that he had uh, broke up with his, or, uh, the girl basically dumped him or ended their relationship. And then a month and a half later, he got a job. I mean, a job promotion. Wow. So that was like, you know, that was like the motivation he needed to, to, uh, to progress and that their relationship there's not they're never well they're probably never going to get back together but i mm-hmm. think in his mind he's like yo i learned my lesson from that relationship i can't just mm-hmm. i can't be no regular dude out here i actually have to like you know uh it, attempt to be successful right mm-hmm. it, one thing a lot of women i don't know if they'll admit it or not just in general <clears throat> women women are attracted to stability yeah, I'm not just saying financially. Women are attracted to stability in regards to just a mixture of things. If you can take care of yourself, you make a decent living. That's attractive also. But if you're just a man that has integrity, you stand on what you say. You mean what you mean. Like women are attracted to that. But when you're a man like this dude, where you really. I think I what? think women are also attracted to potential. Yes, they are. And I don't know this dude, but. He might have been the t- type of person like, yo, I'm going to get this business off the ground. Mm. I'm going to do this. I'm going uh, to, you know, I'm going to go back to school. I'm a, I, he's a, I'm a doer. Mm, yeah, I'm a doer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then in the back of your mind, it's justifying your reason for staying. Mm-hmm. When in actuality, potential without work is nothing. Yeah. Potential without. Poten- go ahead. Uh, I didn't mean to cut you off, but no, I'm, I, my football coach would say potential is disrespectful mm. because it means that you're not fulfilling those expectations people have on you. Very true. Yeah. And it's also something that uh, we talked about. If you're not getting better, you're getting worse. Mm-hmm. So if you're in a situation where you're not getting better, there's no progress. Mm-hmm. That means you getting worse each year that goes on. Mm-hmm. If you spent seven years with this cat, and then eight years come, it's going to be the same thing. That's another year off your life, mm-hmm. right? Also, don't try to like alter someone's destination. We all have a destination in life that's um, it's predetermined. We don't know what it is. Yeah. But if his destination is meant for him to be homeless, pushing carts around, let him fucking do it. Yeah. Let him fucking do it. It is not your job to be saving a grown ass man. I've been through shit before in my life, right? I, it was times I had to crash on, uh, you know, uh, freaking his older, uh, Keith's older brother's couch before or at his mom's before. I've been through some stuff, not knowing sometimes, not having food to eat sometimes. I've been through some shit. But as a man, you tell yourself, I'm never going to be in this situation again. And you do the work to get you out of these situations. But when you're in a situation where someone's spoon feeding you, you'll never see the light. Of, you're never going to see where you need to work and what you need to work on. Mm-hmm. So it's just this is just a very unfortunate situation. And I'm, I'm I feel bad at the fact that you've went through this that long. Yeah. That, seven years. That's, that's a long, a long time. That's abuse. This is this is abuse without getting hit. Yeah, I don't know your situation. I don't know, but if this is like mental abuse, 
to be in this. So I would immediately seek therapy when you leave this cat. Like yeah. immediately. Before you try to find another man, yeah. work on yourself for yeah. some months. For some months, even if it take a year or more. Mm-hmm. And while you going to see a therapist, make sure you you doing everything to better yourself. Change your hair. You know, go to the gym. Do mm-hmm. all these things to better yourself. Because when you do that, it's going to distract you from falling back into the hands of the person who oppressed you for seven fucking years. And he's going to start to look disgusting. Like, yeah, oh, I can't believe I dated this man. Yeah, like look at this nigga, man. Yeah, like look at this dude. Like, what is he doing? And then you gonna feel bad for any woman that want to deal with him. You be like, oh my god, you really giving this? Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know how much more I got to say about this, but um, whether it's men, women, whoever, man, like you are better off being. I won't say alone. Single doesn't mean you alone. But you are better off working on yourself because mm-hmm. this is this is one extreme, right? This is one extreme. But another extreme that women have is that they'll break up with dudes, but they never work on themselves in between breaking up. They will break up with a dude and get right with another one. So you're not even over the last dude you was with and you got the nerve to be in another relationship? And you're taking all that baggage into your new relationship. Yeah, you got baggage from this dude, then baggage to this dude, then baggage. I could be talking to a chick for, I could be on a date with a chick 15, 10 minutes. I'm just listening to her and I could tell she got shit going on yeah. in her life. Yeah. I could tell you got shit. And the reason why I could tell is because I've done the work to remove all these items from my life, right? Mm-hmm. When you've done the work, you can see women that got all, you got a cluster fuck going on in your life. Yeah. And I could see it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it's like, at this point, it's like, you know, I probably still try to fuck her, but <laughs> that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. But yeah, yeah, man. I give her back shots on top of all that baggage. I give her some doggy style therapy. Yeah, <laughs> doggy style therapy. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so much better about myself now. Uh, uh, sex therapy yeah it's like all right see me for your next session please (laughs) all right this one won't be free (laughs) Uh, that's funny yeah all right but sorry about that joke at the end um (laughs) yeah if you take anything from this um don't operate but stop operating below your value um and sacrificing your best years for people who do not give a fuck about using you and don't have anything to offer you. Right. Yeah. I hope I got that point across. I know it was bold for me to say for you to lead this person, but I do understand that we are not promised tomorrow. Do you want to go out of this world? Not genuinely being happy, even if it's on your own or with a man who genuinely um, is doing the most for himself and for you. Yeah. you gonna I, I know for a fact you're gonna feel much, maybe not immediately, but in the long run, you're gonna feel much better about coming home and not seeing a nigga just sitting on a couch eating potato chips. Oh my god. You're gonna feel much better when you gotta pay your bills and you ain't gotta worry about giving some nigga an allowance. Oh my god. So all that stress that, you know, is is probably built in your life you may be snapping on people at work Mm. you know it may be materializing in different facets of your life but all that is going to be removed and you're going to be walking around with a smile on your face oh yeah 
Yeah. All right. And then especially it's going to get and I'm not trying to get too deep, but it's really going to be good when you did the work on yourself and you go out and then you actually find somebody you attracted to. It is cool. And then you have really good sex for the first time outside yeah. of that. Now, now that dude is completely erased. Rich nigga dick. Yeah. It's going to be a dude with a, <laughs> a dude with a Jaguar hitting it from the back. <laughs> A, a nigga with a Range Rover bending you over. <laughs> with a Range Rover bending you over. <laughs> Ooh. Hey, it's better to have a nigga with a Range Rover than a nigga with a shopping cart for these. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Oh, hey. man. Crazy, crazy. Ah, well, we'll end it there, man. Yeah. Um, if you made it to the end of this episode, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the Truckers Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy K Fings. Get out of here. Peace.